Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Okay, here we are. A big Tuesday show. A big Tuesday show. Uh, a lot going on. Tons going on. Too much going on. Too much to fill one show. It's a good thing we do five shows a week here. It's a good thing we're here five days a week. What's the what's the comedian's line? I'm here all week. Try the veal. Well, I'm always here all week. Do you like veal? I don't know. I don't like veal that much. I used to like veal. Then I, you know, I got that thing where I realized, you know, exactly what veal is. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I can eat this anymore. And so since I, you know, I discovered what veal is, and I'm not even a vegetarian or a vegan or believe in any of that stuff, but I just had... Uh, have an issue now with eating veal, even though I used to love it. I used to love it. When I was a kid, I used to love veal parmesan because veal is so thin. You know, it's so thin and delicious. But I guess once I found out, once I got that in my head, it's so weird what we do sometimes, the games we play, the psychological games, you know? It's like I have no problem eating a cow. I have no problem eating a hamburger, but I can't eat veal. I won't eat veal. I draw the line there. I draw, Also, I won't eat venison. Because I kind of draw the line there also. Like I won't, so I'll eat a cow, but no, no, but not a deer. But does it make any sense? Does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. You know what? It's just what we're used to, right? It's just what we're used to. That's what it comes down to, right? We eat a lot of something and we get used to it. It doesn't bother us anymore. Or that's like the more popular meat. meat. It's more people eat cow than venison, so it's okay to eat cow, not venison. It's, it's just a weird thing, right? It's a weird thing. People go, oh, the deers, the deers are so beautiful. Well, so cows, you know, they're cute. How did I get into this conversation? Oh, I'm here all week. Try the veal. Right. As always, five days. And believe it or not, I haven't been drinking. You don't believe me. I know, but I haven't been drinking. Um, but I'm excited about something. I'm excited that Thursday show, Thursday night show, which would begin as usual, as always, 11 p.m. sharp Pacific time, 2 a.m. Eastern time, Thursday night is a couple of things happening. One, it's my 300th show anniversary, 300, 300 podcasts, ridiculous, over about a year and a half now, so that'll be an anniversary. But also, more importantly, much more importantly than that 300th show, is I'm going to have on Jackie Berlin, and she is one of the people who runs Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths, Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths, and they've been putting up billboards here in San Francisco for a while alerting everyone how bad the fentanyl issue here is. Um, and, and she put up a new billboard regarding her son, who is a, a drug addict. I had, I had, I had Kathy, uh, I had Jackie, Kathy. I, I had Jackie on my show uh, a while back, my original podcast, which didn't before call in, which aired on just Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. And, uh, and she was great. And she spoke about, uh, her issue and her son's uh, addiction to drugs and the fentanyl issue here in San Francisco and around the world. And she was just on Fox News in the morning yesterday, and she'll be on this show Thursday night. So Thursday night will be my 300th show, and also I will have on Jackie Berlin. Jackie Berlin of Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths. So I'm very, very excited about it. I'll plug that again later. I'll plug it again tomorrow's show. But this is Thursday night, so everyone's got to listen Thursday. Uh, everyone's going to listen. I don't care if Jimmy Dore is fucking on. I don't care if Jimmy Dore is on. I don't care if you got your fucking, uh, you know, Glenn Greenwald. You got to listen to this show on Thursday night. 
to hear Jackie Berlin of Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths because fentanyl is really becoming, we don't, I, don't, I don't talk about it enough. I've been talking about it more over the last few months, but we don't really talk about it enough, how bad the fentanyl issue is here, how many children is killing, how many people is dying to kill every month now. Um, and I believe it's a leading cause of death now among a very young age group. So we'll definitely, uh, like I said, Jackie Berlin will talk more and she'll, she's willing to take calls. She's willing to take calls as well. So Thursday night, Jackie Berlin, Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths, as seen on Fox News, on this podcast. Okay. Um, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. My favorite guy. I'd like to get Gavin Newsom in a room alone without his security detail. That would be fun. Me and Gavin alone in a room without his security detail. That's what I'd like. That's my fantasy. That's my fantasy, folks. Um, how can anyone look at this guy and not see what I see? How can anyone look at Gavin Newsom and not see total utter sleaze? Just a total utter. Doesn't he? He doesn't look like Christian Bale in American Psycho. He doesn't look like that character. He looks just like that character, Christian Bale in American Psycho. Um, uh, <laughs> Christian Bale, an American psycho. Um, the guy is a douche personified. He is literally douche personified. Um, he's once again, he's like Joe Biden in that uh, obviously a lot younger, but a, a, a purely political entity. I mean, these people, I guess they wanted to be politicians at six years old because they're, they're purely political beings. It's like they were made in a lab or written by a, a great a, a screenplay writer to be politician, character politician. That's all he is. There's not, And Joe Biden says there's no there there, but there's no there there when it comes to Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom. There's nothing there. Every little opportunity he takes, he, he takes every opportunity to push his narrative, which is always a false narrative. It's always a narrative that pumps up the elites and shits on the regular people, helps the elites get wealthier and richer and more powerful, and shits on the elites and crushes the middle class and the, and the, and, and the less fortunate. This is everything they do. But they virtue signal to their base. It's like a Pavlov's dogs ringing a bell. They virtue signal with certain things, such as Second Amendment gun control. So, you know, we have these two horrible shootings by older Asian gentlemen, which is why they're hardly on the legacy media news. Believe me, if these two shootings in California were done by, you know, if this was a shooting, okay, you would not see the end of the coverage of these two shootings if they were done in Alabama in Mississippi by 30-year-old white men. You never hear the end of it. But that they're in California and they're 70-year-old Asian men, forget it. You, they cover it just as, they, the, minimum, the minimum amount. They do the minimum amount of coverage they have to do to cover their asses. And that's it. But you see Gavin Newsom going from wherever it was in L.A., just outside L.A., to Half Moon Bay and blah, 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 and giving his usual political anti-Second Amendment speech. But the man has no balls. Like I said, the left doesn't have the balls. No one on the left has the balls to come out and say, we just hate the Constitution. We don't like it. We don't, we think it, whether it's poorly written or it's written a long time ago, it's got to be changed. Just say it. Have the balls. Have the courage of your conviction to at least say, we don't believe in the First Amendment. We don't believe in the Second Amendment. We don't think all speech should be free. We don't, we don't think all speech should be protected. We don't think all media should be protected. We don't think that people have the right to own guns. We don't believe it. 
But no, what they do is they do sneaky stuff, which is only sneaky to dumb people. Because in the same, basically in the same sentence, Gavin Newsom was being interviewed and he said, we're the Second Amendment is killing us, right? We're, we're, we're being buried under the Second Amendment. And then the reporter says, but you know, a lot of Californians and Americans love the Second Amendment. They want their guns. He goes, oh, I support the Second Amendment. So in one breath, he says, the Second Amendment is burying us. It's killing us. And the next breath, once the reporter, I guess, reminds him or brings up the subject of most Americans believing in it and most Californians believing, he goes, no, no, I believe in it. I believe in the Second Amendment. You know, everyone can have a gun if they go through the proper channels and checks and, and register and go to classes. Well, that's exactly what people have to do, you idiot. You fucking moron. That's exactly what the laws are. That's exactly what 99.9% .9 of citizens do. They go, they get the background check, they take the class, they register it, and they got the gun. So what's his problem with the Second Amendment? He's an idiot. It's all virtue signaling, but virtue signaling is so superficial and thin that you can't even back it up with facts. You can't even back it up with facts. Those are the laws. The laws here in California especially are background checks up the ass. You got to take classes up the ass, register it so everyone in the world knows you have a gun, and then you get the gun. That's exactly what the laws are here. What are you crying about, that bad people get guns illegally? Well, bad people go into stores here and steal $1,000 worth of goods every other hour. Bad people are going to do bad things. You're not going to stop bad people from stealing things. You're not going to stop bad people from getting guns from time to time illegally. No matter how many laws, what are you going to do? What are bad people going to do and say, well, there are only 12 laws now. Oh, God, if there are 15 laws, I'm not going to go and get a gun. I'm not going to break the law. That's how dumb these people are. But once again, he doesn't have the courage of a conviction. He's ballless. The man has no fucking balls. He says we're being buried by the Second Amendment. And then a second later, he goes, oh, no, but I am a supporter of the Second Amendment. No, he's not. He hates the Second Amendment. He told the truth for a second and then backed out. This 20-year-old blonde journalist simply said, well, you know, a lot of uh, Californians believe in it. Oh, I believe in it, too, because I want everyone to love me and my hair gel. Everyone. Have the courage, Gavin, to say you hate the Second Amendment. You don't believe in much of the Constitution. You want to change it. You want to defy it. He defied it for three years with COVID. Have the fucking balls. He has none. And yet, at the same time, the hypocrite has five fucking goons behind him with guns protecting his fucking shallow ass. Five goons walking behind him with guns because the Second Amendment allows that. Without the Second Amendment, they couldn't have them. They have them because of the Second Amendment. So he's protected, you see, but you can't protect yourself. He's protected. But when a fucking crazy Asian or a crazy anybody comes in with a gun, you got to do fucking karate or run away because you can't shoot them back. You can't fight fire with fire. But he has guys protecting him. You see, that's the hypocrite. Like the hypocrite told you, you couldn't go to a restaurant. Then he goes to one of the fanciest fucking restaurants in California and Napa Valley with 20 of his friends sitting not six feet away from each other, about six inches away from each other with no masks. But he tells you, you got to stay six feet apart, can't go out, can't have a business, got to wear masks. That's Gavin Newsom. He tells you you can't have a gas stove. Gas stoves are bad. Well, you got to have an electric car. By eight years from now, electric cars are 
Gas cars will be illegal eight years from now. Then he flies in fucking private jets. Like all those scumbags at Davos. Ugh. Come here, Gavin. Come into my apartment alone with no security. Please come in. No security. Leave them home. Leave them home. <clears throat> this is a scumbag of epic war. But I can't see. If you can't look at him and see what he is, you're an, you're an idiot. You're an ignorant fool. If you can't look at him or a, a, a total cultist partisan hack is what you are. If you can't take one look at this guy and see the slime dripping out of his pores, the ooze, the oil, the grease of the hair gel king, the king of hair gels. Maybe he can be the president of a hair gel company because he certainly isn't going to fucking be president of this country anytime soon. All they got to do is play the clip of him saying we're being buried under the Second Amendment. Goodbye, Gavin. Ain't going to be president, Gavin. Ain't going to be president. Forget about the statistics showing what a shithole California has become under you. What a shithole San Francisco became under you. But this is the hypocrisy. As he's saying this, as saying in one breath, the Second Amendment's killing us. The next breath, the Second, I love the Second Amendment. He's got five guys behind him with guns. Protecting him from evildoers. Where's our protection, Gavin? Where's our protection? You call the Second Amendment a suicide? Those are the exact words. A suicide pact. A suicide, Second Amendment's a suicide pact. Then two seconds later, he says, oh, I fully support. So he fully supports the suicide pact. He fully supports something he just called five seconds ago a suicide pact. Californians don't look at this and say, what the fuck is this? They vote for him again and again and again, and they vote for him for president because they're fucking idiots. They're ignorant fucking morons. There's no other way to put it. I can't put it in any more intellectual terms. They're idiots. There are no intellectual terms for this. The guy's a fucking moron. He's a shallow crook. Who takes from you, says you can't have this. I can have everything. You can't have anything. You peon. I tell you what you can have. I'm going to be fucking president of China. Mayor of Shanghai. Fuck him. And the horse he rode in on. And the whole cavalry behind him. That's from Raging Bull. So, once again, though, if he wants to call the Second Amendment a suicide pact, great. Continue with that and say, I don't believe in it. It has to be rewritten. It shouldn't be there. I don't believe in it. But he doesn't have the balls to do that. So at the same time, he calls it a suicide pact and says he supports it. Because he's a shallow, empty vessel of a man if you can even call him a man he, to me he's a thing he's a he's an entity he's a purely political entity speaking of purely political entities there's another one i want to talk about and that's uh kathy hochel once again, reelected by moron New Yorkers. A few less morons with much, much tighter 
than the election here with Gavin Newsom. But still, the morons because of New York City. I shouldn't say upstate New York, they're, they're very smart people. New Yorkers are morons. They reelect people like Kathy Hochul and Democratic mayors. Then they get killed. They get thrown onto the subway tracks and they go, oh, it's so horrible here. How could you? Have, I can't have anything but disdain for these people. I can't have anything but disdain for these people. They, they, they dig their own graves. They literally, that's the visualization. They literally dig their own graves and then jump into them. Instead of electing people who are going to keep them, instead of electing people who are going to keep them alive, they elect people who are going to get them killed. That's as simply as I can put it. So what do you call a person like that? Should they have the right to vote? Maybe not, because you're affecting me. You're getting me killed along with you. Remember how not me not wearing a mask and getting a vaccine was going to kill you? You idiot liberal, you fucking moron liberal. Well, you really are getting me killed by electing people like Kathy Hochul and Gavin Newsom and Eric Adams and Soros back DAs. You actually are getting me and my family killed. You actually are doing you weren't we weren't doing that. with. It wasn't a real thing with covid. It wasn't a real thing with vaccines and masks. But it is a real thing with crime when you put people in positions where they allow crime. And they promote crime. So New Yorkers, New York Cityers, New Yorkers, say New York City, not upstate New York, reelect Hochul. They reelect Hochul. And they just asked her today about rehiring all of those uh, healthcare workers that were fired because they didn't get the, the vax. They didn't get the, the needle. They didn't get the jab. And she said, oh, no, that's I can't. That's not the right answer. That's too dangerous. We're, we're putting we're putting patients at risk. You you fucking idiot. What kind of a moron doesn't know by now? Or see, she's either a total moron or once again, another total political entity like Gavin Newsom and Joe Biden that can never fucking admit they're wrong. That are so sociopathic that they cannot admit they're wrong. Don't forget that women can be <laughs> even worse sociopaths than men. It's not just a male thing. So she says, I can't put patients at risk. I can't put patients at risk. Well, she is putting patients at risk because they don't got fucking healthcare workers anymore. So when you don't got people in healthcare, the sick people die. You fucking idiot. Hey, Kathy, why don't you get on your broom and fly away forever? Get on your broom and fly to Oz, Kathy. This is the this is what we're dealing with here. This is the kind of an idiot we're dealing with here. How much more information does she need to know that the vaccines don't stop the spread, that the healthcare workers with 37 jabs can spread the disease easier? We know they're getting it more. They're spreading it more. We have funeral directors coming out saying the people they're fucking putting formaldehyde in were vaccinated. They're putting more formaldehyde in vaccinated people now than unvaccinated people. So all she's doing by not rehiring these healthcare workers is killing the economy because she's hurt the lives of these healthcare workers and patients because there are no healthcare workers anymore. When the vaccine doesn't stop the spread and she's talking as though the vaccine stops the spread. And if you're unvaccinated, you're going to kill people. She's still talking as though it's fucking two and a half years ago. So is she doing it on purpose? Is she lying on purpose? Or did she get the memo that you continue this false narrative forever? 
you continue this false narrative into your political grave. Did she get that memo from the DNC? Did Joe Biden send her that fucking memo? Look, the only answer is the total eradication of the Democratic Party. That's the, that's the theme. Did you notice the common theme here? A total eradication of the liberal Democrat. Out of politics, out of power. They can have power over their own fucking body. And that's it. Their own fucking life. And no one else's life. That's the way it works. That's the way it has to work. They need to fucking go away. They need to go away. Because they're killing people. By the day, they're killing people. With their bad policies, with their shit science, with their fucking love for criminals. They're killing people. Letting... MS-13 letting people who spread fucking fentanyl into the country to kill 10-year-olds, to kill 14-year-olds. They're killing people by the fucking minute. In order to virtue signal, we love immigrants, we love the vaccine, we love the mask. We love the criminal because they're oppressed and they act out because they're oppressed. And you know what? It's just leveling the playing field. This is what these fucking idiots believe. Let's virtue signal to our stupid virtue signaling voters so they give us votes and money. That's the way it works. So they'll keep us in power and with millions and millions of dollars. And we'll have chief of staffs who make 55 fucking million dollars a year during COVID. And that's okay because these fucking moron liberals have no fucking brains. They have no common sense. All they want to do is virtue signal and wave flags and do emojis. That's all they care about. As people lose their jobs, as children die from fentanyl poisoning, as people get pushed on subway platforms, beaten by fucking 17-year-old savages in the streets, this is what they care about. Virtue signaling to their base. Virtue signaling to their base is what they care about. It's all they care about. Scoring those virtue signaling woke brownie points so they get kept in power by these idiots, by these ignorant fools, by these moron Americans. I've had enough of both of those people. I've had enough of Kathy Hochul and I've had enough of Gavin Newsom. The problem is, the huge problem is that they're both governors of two of the largest states in the country. That, that's the problem. That, that's just a little, the minor problem. I wouldn't care much about Gavin Newsom and Kathy Hochul if she were a waitress at Denny's and he were, he was riding the fucking pole at Chippendales, which we probably really want to do. I wouldn't care much about them. But unfortunately, he rules over 40 million and she rules over 20 million. That's almost a sixth of the country between those two fucking morons. The sixth of the country. I want to remind everyone the telephone lines are open. The telephone lines are open. But it's just the, the, the sheer ignorance 
The sheer ignorance. Because you do not want to admit, you see, that's the whole problem. You don't want to admit that Gavin Newsom doesn't want to, first of all, he doesn't want to admit gun control measures don't work. This is like a big slap in the face that California has 85 million gun laws. And these last two, in fact, the majority of mass murders happen in California. So he, he, he can't take that. He can't take that. But he doesn't even have the balls to simply say he hates the Second Amendment. Just say it. Say it. He might as well. We already have the soundbite that he said the Second Amendment is a suicide pact. We already have the soundbite if he runs for president. So he might as well go all the way now. Have the courage of convictions and not, and not back up two, five seconds later and say he loves the Second Amendment. Who loves suicide? You got to be real nuts. So he loves suicide? Who? What kind of a lunatic, psych, psychopath loves suicide pacts? You call something a suicide pact and you love it? Does that make any fucking sense to anybody? Because he doesn't have the courage to simply say he hates it. He despises the Constitution. He doesn't believe in the founding fathers. He thinks they were idiots. He should just say it. Because he, he, that's the way he acts. That's the way he acts every day. And then you have Kathy Hochul, and this is the this is the problem on that end with not the whole idea of like taking away, bringing back these people, let's say who were fired because of the vaccine mandate, is then admitting there shouldn't have been a vaccine mandate, and they'll never do that. They'll never admit they were wrong. Because the first thing they do when they reinstate these people is people will say, oh, why'd you, de- why'd you fire them in the first place then? You were wrong, weren't you? You're admitting you're wrong by putting – so putting them back, giving them their jaws back is admitting she was wrong. She's admitting the whole fucking Democratic Party was wrong. She can't – so she won't do that. Yes, yeah, she says that's not the answer because that means that she would be pegged as being wrong. She'd be exposed as being wrong. So she's got to keep the lie going. She's got to keep that false narrative going. Because there's one thing Democrats can't do, liberals can't do, is admit they were wrong for three years. And everything they did that was wrong hurt and killed people, destroyed the economy, destroyed lives. That they can never admit. That they can never admit. So this is what, this is, this is what lack of courage looks like. This is what lack of cojones looks like. From one coast to the other. From the guy who simply can't admit he hates the Second Amendment, he despises it, to the woman who just can't admit that her policies were bad. They were wrong. So what happens? What happens is because of their ego, because they're sociopaths, and they can't admit they were wrong, they can't admit failure, they continue to do more failure, right? That, that insanity thing. It doesn't, keep doing the same thing, doesn't work over and over. And what that does is it hurts and kills more people. Instead of stopping right now with all the people you've already hurt and killed, you're killing and hurting more people by keeping these bad policies going, by not addressing the real root of crime, which is health care, which is medical care, which is mental health care, which is getting nutty people off the streets, which is getting violent criminals off the streets and keeping them off the streets. Instead of doing that, that's the tough non-virtue signaling thing to do. They can't do that. So instead of reinstating all those health care workers, admitting what you did to them was wrong, and then helping patients because you bring more, more health care workers back, 
You're keeping them out of work. You're destroying their lives and careers, and you're killing more patients. You see, that's what they do. So there'll be more patients killed in New York, and there'll be more people killed from gun violence and other kinds of violence in California because of the leadership, because of their sociopathic, psychopathic, egotistical inability to admit they were wrong and do the right thing instead of the easy virtue signaling thing. That's what happens. That's what happens. So the only answer is to get rid of these people. But Californians will never get rid of Gavin. Well, they won't, you know, they won't ever vote against Gavin Newsom, whether it's governor or mayor or president. And they won't vote against New York City, won't vote against Democrats, whether it's for governor or mayor. Doesn't matter how bad their city is. Doesn't matter how much of a shithole their city has become. Doesn't matter how much of a shithole New York City has become, they'll never vote for Republicans. Doesn't matter how much of a shithole California is, they won't vote for Republicans. So they, they, they dig themselves a deeper shithole. The problem is we are all, the rest of us who have a brain in common, uncommon sense, are then sucked into that shithole along with them. That's the problem. And that's why people leave, right? There you go. That's why people leave. Because people would rather not be sucked into a shithole alongside ignorant, moronic, liberal Democrats. So they leave and they go to Texas and they go to uh, Florida and they go to uh, Tennessee, Nashville. This is what they do. <laughs> I met someone yesterday at a movie who actually moved from Nashville here. And I said, what are you, nuts? I said, you did the opposite of what everyone else is doing. He said, I know. They did the opposite. You did the opposite of what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is going from here to Nashville. You go from Nashville to San Francisco. But see how long he lasts here. But um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, that's why that's happening. That's why you have this mass exodus. That's why, for the first time ever, New York and California each lost an electoral vote. You won't hear the legacy media talking about that much, that New York and California lost a congressional district in Texas and Florida gained one. If it was the opposite... If Texas and Florida lost it and get you, you every day, it would still be in the news now, two years later, it would still be in the news now. But they, they skirt that issue. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that. Hey, you're going to get your yearly COVID vaccine? You're going to get your, now once again, by the way, this thing you're hearing, maybe you're hearing it, maybe you're not. I hope you're not with DeMar Hamlin. It's he's trending about uh, people thinking he's this is a body double. That's, by the way, that's planted by the legacy media. Let me let me tell you why. Follow me. The legacy media plants the pro vaccine. It's probably big pharma. They plant this stuff because now they're seeing what's happening. They're seeing that the vaccine people are now realizing the vaccine is killing people, deaths and injuries and myocarditis and heart attacks and 20-year-olds dropping dead, not waking up. They, they know people are catching on to it. So what they do is they all get together in a, in a room. I don't know if it's smoke-filled anymore because they're all so woke, probably not. But it's, they, they get together and they say, okay, we need to plant something to make these anti-vaxxers look crazy to totally shit on any idea that the vaccines could be dangerous and not as safe as they said. So they plant the story that crazy anti-vaxxers like me and you, where we believe that Tamar Hamlin was killed from the vaccine and this is a body double. <laughs> but they plant that 
because they want every single legitimate question about the vaccine's safety to be flushed down the toilet, to not be given any attention, to be to be just simply excused as being, you know, crazy, crazy conspiracy theorists. So they plant a story about DeMar Hamlin as though it's coming from people who are questioning the vaccine safety. It's not. I don't know anyone who questions the vaccine. I don't know any normal person questioning the vaccine safety when it comes to myocarditis and heart attacks and strokes and blood clots who thinks that DeMar Hamlin died from the vaccine. This is a body double because they don't want to admit it. I don't know. anybody. (laughs) But the legacy media, big pharma, big tech, big government plants these stories to make it look like we're all nuts and you could never take anything we say about the vaccine safety seriously. And they've done it now in 2023 simply because they're scared, simply because they know people are catching on, simply because they know they're about to be hearings, simply because they know they might go to jail eventually. So they want to, and of course, even, even, even scarier to people in big pharma and their buddies than going to jail is losing money. That's, that's, you know, making 20 billion in profits instead of 27 billion in profits. They can't deal with that. That 7 billion lost. <laughs> Stop it now. We have to plant stories. Daniel, you want to let's be heard. How are you tonight? I am fine. How are you, Mike? D- doing okay. A little angry as usual. But what else is new, Daniel? What else is new? Um, well, it's interesting that... Um, uh, when it comes to planning straw men, like you're just um, speaking of. Yeah, straw men. That's uh, what it is. Straw men. Right. Yeah. Laura, Laura Powell was, uh, she's one of the uh, uh, legal eagles with the New Civil Liberties Alliance. And she posted uh, some of the highlights of the proceedings. Um, and and um, one, one of the uh, major suits that, that they are handling um, with respect to uh, California AB 2098, which is the uh, uh, law that Newsom recently signed that limits physicians' abilities to speak openly and honestly with their patients about the COVID-19 vaccine. And what she wrote was that the government attorney that is arguing in favor of Newsom's position was asked by the judge whether he has an example of any misinformation, because this is what the, the law uh, specifically, or actually not specifically, and that's part of the problem with the law as stated by the judge, um, but vaguely uh, alludes to misinformation. So the judge asked, can you cite any misinformation that uh, uh, those that um, have have had dissenting opinions um, have spread over the last few years and guess Guess what? It, this is an attorney. Guess what his best example was, and the only example. You there, Mike? Mike? I can't hear. I can't hear you now. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay, now I can hear you. Okay, you can hear me now. Go ahead. So, well, well, I'm sorry. What was the what, what was the example? What did he say? The example was microchips in the vaccine, as though any person ever 
any serious dissenter with respect to these uh, post-forced and coarse vaccinations, whether there's any actual serious dissenter that ever spent any time talking about this crazy idea of microchips and, and, and vaccines. No one did. No serious person did. I don't know one person on Team Reality, um, which is a group that um, there's uh, factions of it all across the entire country, many of them connected with the uh, NCLA. And uh, never have I heard one of the people, you know, of the hundreds of people involved with this organization speak of this ridiculous microchip thing. It was it was obviously a straw man planted by the media or pharma to undermine uh, all um, thoughtful and legitimate uh, concerns about pushing of a vaccine that has been so freaking poorly tested on an entire population. And yeah, it's here we are in court. They're in court and the judge asked them, ask a lawyer that is there representing the, uh, the attorney general for California, representing the state of California to give them one example of misinformation, the type of misinformation that, that they want to suppress. And that is what they came up with. Now, um, do, you, do you think I'm on the right track with this DeMar Hamlin thing? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, preventing straw men is, is a common tactic in propaganda. Right. And, and I think what, is really, what they're really doing is um, they are trying to obfuscate the actual possible real issues with the vaccine that could have possibly caused Hamlin's issue, right? Of this, course. This, Mike, Mike you, you said, there's something wrong with the audio. Uh, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I think I might. How about now? Is this better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now you can hear me. Okay. So it, I think they're trying to obfuscate the idea that there can actually be issues with the with the vaccine that may possibly possibly have caused Demar Hamlin's issue, and so they they want to try to suppress that by saying we're all nuts and we think he's dead. You know, of so course, they want to get you talking about crazy stuff to make you look like you're crazy, and, and therefore your opinion is worth nothing. You're still having audio problems here. I'm getting a lot of feedback and echo. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the issue is. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the issue is. But we'll we'll try to we'll try to figure it out. We'll try to we'll try to figure it out. Can you? Yeah. You can hear me now. Um, it seems that my echo is gone now. So you can you can hear it okay now. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Just want to make sure you can hear it okay now. Um. Yeah, so that's that's the game they play, and they play this game simply to, you know, it's like, have you heard any that you talk to about vaccines or you listen to about vaccine safety say they believe DeMar Hamlin was killed and this is a body double? No, not a, not a single person, of course. Yeah, so so the fact of the matter is that we're getting to a point now where obviously they're frightened, right? Obviously they're scared because they're seeing more and more actual, right? More and more actual stories out there about their vaccine maybe not being as safe as, you know, and most of the stories are, are kind of, as you know, as you older people, maybe older people should be a little careful. There are a few cases of older people maybe having, you know, it's nothing really hardcore, but it's, it's, just, it's just like drip, 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 right? It's kind of like drip, drip, drip. And I think they're afraid of where it may go. I think they're afraid of where it may go. 
Well, there's a lot of people reporting a lot of symptoms post-vaccine. My stepfather is one of them. He um, was boosted and then two weeks later at, a, at age 85, uh, developed for the first time in his life uh, atrial fibrillation. Um, they tried a, a cardioversion, that is defibrillation, which didn't work. And, you know, of course, it probably wouldn't be working. I, I have no idea why they would do, do that. You do you do that sort of thing on ventricular tachycardia. You don't do it with AFib. Um, so any, anyway, um, uh, now, now he's got atrial fibrillation. He's on propanolol beta blocker because of that, uh, so that the uh, bad atrial rhythms don't get through the ventricle and, and therefore cause ventricular fibrillation. And this is two weeks after getting his booster. We are hearing this. We're hearing lots of AFib problems, um, and there's no wonder that there'd be AFib problems because we all already know that there's a lot of endocarditis and myocarditis problems. And anytime you irritate that electrically active tissue of the heart it's going to have electrical conduction problems you're going daniel, to have... daniel we, we were told do you remember when we were told two years ago two and a half years ago when we were all called crazy conspiracy theorists for saying that they'd want you to get this covid vaccine yearly like the flu shot do you remember when they, we said that and people said oh you're insane no 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 covid will go away soon they're not going to make they're not there's not going to be an annual shot like the flu well of course today big pharma comes out and says oh we're developing a yearly shot for covid <laughs> yes yeah the, the fact that anybody could have ever thought that a virus as transmissible as any of the common cold viruses was going to be contained in some way and then and that we could t take a vaccine for a while and that would totally eradicate the virus simply does not understand some of the uh, it doesn't understand the dynamics of infectious disease at the level of a high school student. Let me say that, because any one and any one of my kids when they were in high school could have predicted exactly the outcome. Of course, they've got two, they've got two physician parents, but they could have predicted exactly the outcome that we are presently in right now with respect to the spread of this virus and the efficacy of the vaccine. Um, just just like like so many people, um, like so many others, uh, I was saying along with so many others uh, before these vaccines even came out, uh, when they were just a twinkle in uh, the COVIDian's eyes uh, that given that this is a, a coronavirus, it is going to have no chance in hell of producing a sterilizing vaccine. And that and it, the stupidest thing to do in the world, the stupidest thing you could possibly do is vaccinate during a pandemic. It's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. Anyone that knows anything about antigenic imprinting, which is every physician, every epidemiologist, Every immunologist, and, and, and of course, every one of these was, was, had Newsom's ears and had Biden's ears and had Fauci's ears, and they were all telling them, don't do this. And they did it. Well, you were saying it from day one not to do this. I remember yeah. that. You were saying it from day one. Of course. The basic principles were there for... Uh, you know, in, in some cases, with, with respect to basic epidemiological principles and dealing with situations like this, in some cases, th those principles have been established for thousands of years. And then there's principles with respect to um, 
protect there are principles that were only born out of uh, understanding mathematically the um, spread of infectious diseases and principles that needed um, mathematics to help people out in a lot in the, the mid 20th century um, that uh, further shaped uh, epidemiology but but those principles have been known for you know 60 70 years it's been known for at least 30 years that masks mask do not prevent infectious disease. All this stuff has been known forever. And, of course, they went, and, and that's all the Great Barrington Declaration was essentially saying, is that, hey, go back to basic epidemiology, basic epidemiological principles when it comes to dealing with uh, um, epidemics. And the first principle is you don't make things worse. You don't make things worse by locking people out of their places of business. You don't make things worse by forcing vaccines on people. No one's going to trust a vaccine if you try to force it on them. I mean, it, this, it, it's as though they did their best to undermine the public's trust at every turn. And it's those they did their best to do the most damage to the public at every turn. Well, and then once again, then you have Kathy Hochul still to, to this day saying we can't rehire unvaccinated healthcare workers because they'll spread their disease. It's 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 it's, it's, it's unimaginable it's, that somebody is yeah. somebody with with somebody that's just got an IQ of above 60 could actually say that at this point. But it's obvious. Once again, there are only two answers. People want the answer is she's a, a, she's a total dumbass. That's one answer. You know, there are plenty of dumbasses out there that don't know yet that the vaccine doesn't stop the spread. But then there are also there's also the other possibility, which I think is much more of a possibility, which is that she doesn't want she believes that by rehiring these unvaccinated healthcare workers, she is admitting all of that policy was wrong. All and she policy. doesn't want to give up and she doesn't want to give up her state of emergency, just like Gavin Newsom, which, by the way, is supposed to be expiring in what, four weeks. And we'll see. What happens then? Uh, this, I think the son of a bitch uh, promised that he was would lift it by then, but we'll see. I mean, no, the no, guys... gun crime. We go into the state of gun shooting emergency. He'll have another. He'll have another emergency that he comes up with. He'll have yeah, another, yeah. another emergency. Well, you know, I know, that... I know. We need to ask Gavin Newsom. Gavin, have the first of all, have the courage of your conviction, as I said, and just say you hate the Second Amendment. Okay. And uh, you're allowed. And also, if you hate the Second Amendment so much, which you obviously do, you think it's a suicide pact. Why don't you have those 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 guards that follow you have them have them throw away their guns? You can have the guards. You can have them, but they can't have guns. Gavin, how about that, Gavin? Why don't you do that, Gavin? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That suicide pact um, language. That's a strict a familiar uh, a note with me. I think it was Rumsfeld or Cheney as they were um, lying us into a war with Iraq, um, were advocating for torturing prisoners, um, Afghanistan prisoners for the most part, uh, torturing them. And one of their statements was that the Constitution was not a suicide pact. So we, we, prohibit, we prohibit by by virtue of our Constitution and by international law torturing. And... They that uh, it was that this part of the, the Constitution and international law was a suicide pact. It's interesting that uh, that Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, is picking up the language of the worst of all 
presidents, the worst of all warmongers, the worst of all war criminals that we've ever had in the Bush administration. Well, uh, by the way, here's a little tidbit that you might find very interesting. Bill Gates is admitting now the mRNA COVID vaccines are not blocking infection, have very short duration, and do not provide broad protection. So, wow, you're a genius, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> is that, that's, why, that's why he says so much money, right? Yeah. He has all these answers. He has all these answers that, you know, he, must put, he comes up with these answers. He must have put a real crack team, you know, plus put, put a billion dollars into a crack team to get, you know, getting onto that and investigating that whole issue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, he, and that's what he comes up with. Yeah. Um, of, of course, um, you know, people like Hochul, um, uh, who, who is so much unlike people like DeSantis, um, people like Hochul, they, they look at the landscape. They look where the peaks and the valleys are. They look at what is going to sweep them downstream with littlest uh, effort, the least effort on their part at all to some place that they want to be. And they just hop in and they go with the flow. On the other hand, there's DeSantis and says, no, I'm going to freaking do the right thing. And I'm going to cut a path through these mountains, through these valleys to the right thing. And I'm going to get us there as quickly as possible. And I don't care if I'm going upstream. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly, 100%. There's no doubt about it. And it's that, you know, it's that directness that DeSantis has, that anti-woke where he just has the uncommon sense and he tells the truth that the left can't handle. They can't handle it. They, it's amazing. It's amazing how, how adverse they are to that. Yeah, yeah whenever, I hear the, whenever I hear the woke talk, I um, think back to when my brothers and I were kids and we would try to, uh, we, we, we realized really early on that you could rationalize anything. So we would play this game with each other where we would uh, ask each other to rationalize something, you know, uh, to, to explain how it is that um, uh, mice cause uh, tropical storms in, in, in Europe. <laughs> and, and, and then you were supposed to come up with a, a rationalization of why that is definitely the case. And that, that's that's how the woke think. And when you, and I mention this because you use the word direct with, with respect to DeSantis, is someone that speaks directly. That's not the way we do. The woke the woke pick. Um, they look at where we are, point A. They look at where they want to be, point B, and they just string some freaking insane narrative that connects the two, the two in a way that they think is both going to be most palatable to people whose votes they want. I, I, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And that's it. That's what it comes. And that's why this, this is what the left doesn't seem to get. That's why DeSantis did so well. That's why DeSantis, they come, they twist themselves in pretzels. Come with all these reasons why Ron DeSantis went from 30,000 votes in his first election to winning by a million and a half votes by totally taking over Florida, turning it red in one election cycle. They don't know how he did it. How did he, how did he do it? Because they recognize, first of all, their policy, his policies are good for them, right? His policies are actually good for the 21 million people in his state. They benefit from his policies. But it's just his incredible directness and his ability just to take the legacy media, the left narrative, and throw it in their face, throw actual facts at them that destroy them. can't take that. But that's why he wins, because he appeals to people. More and more people now are tired of the political mumbo-jumbo talk, the mushy-mouthed politician, the politician like Gavin Newsom who speaks out of both sides of his mouth, the ignorant asshole like Kathy Hochul. They want someone who speaks the truth, speaks the truth, 
is not virtue signaling, only cares about what's best for the masses, what's best for the many, not the few. And that's why he wins. That's why he wins. He's just a plain spoken guy who's not a lying sociopath. And the left can't, they, they, it's like they've never seen it before, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, like it's just something yeah. they're yeah. simply not used to dealing with in politics and just throwing them for a loop. You said you lost the signal. Do you, do you have it now? You wrote, yeah, you wrote, I've got it back now. Um, yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's, it's throwing them for a loop. They, they simply do not know how to deal with honesty and directness. And it's confusing the hell out of them. It's just like a, a fighter that um, comes at you straight on and um, doesn't dance around and play play with you for a while. He's just he just comes at you straight on and and uh, they simply don't know how to deal with that. They have no no defenses for that. They they expect the song and the dance and and, and it's not coming. That that that's exactly what that's exactly what it comes down. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you as always. Yes. Yes. I think what I just wanted to I wanted to check on my other cell phone. To, I want to, I went on my call in app on my other phone because I wanted to check something out and it fucked everything up. It like created like two streams or something. I don't know what the hell it did. So I've shut the other phone down. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that takes care. It's, it's very confusing when you put the call in app on another phone, then the other, the other app takes over. It's very bizarre. It's very, it's, it's, it's not the most, it's not the most uh, user friendly system. It's not the most uh, friendly system for someone like me who's like a tech incompetent. But, uh, I think, I think we've got that straightened out now. I think that's, uh, I think that I was trying to be too high tech. That's the thing is, yes, exactly. That explains the feedback. And, and I think the other microphone took over and it was, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's fine now. We're, we're fine. We're fine. Oh, this tech stuff. Whatever happened? To the old radio. What happened to tuning in on the radio? Um, yes. Okay. So, uh, moving on to something else that I wanted to talk about. I don't think it's getting much coverage. It's getting a little bit of coverage. Maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm not in tune today. Maybe I tuned out today. But I don't know if people heard this. But Vice President Mike Pence tells Congress he discovered classified documents in his Indiana home. Former Governor. This is the story. He found documents, he said, with classified markings. He said they fa- he found them last week. Uh, Pence confirmed to Congress on Tuesday that he discovered documents bearing classified markings in his Carmel, Indiana home uh, from the time while he was vice president. Following the revelations, the classified documents. So uh, according to his team, Pence informed the National Archives on January 18 of a small number of potential classified documents found in two small boxes. Another two boxes contained copies of vice presidential papers. The National Archives then informed the FBI per standard. His attorney said that uh, uh, he informed them and that they're working on getting rid of them now, I guess. The documents classified Martin discovered they were immediately put into a safe. The documents were like, okay, I don't have to go any more into the story. So everyone, everyone now, it seems, who is in a high position in the White House is looking to make sure. There are no class. Hey, did I take did I take documents a few years ago? Did I take doc- what, what I think? I think someone on, on Twitter said, what's next? Dan Quayle. I mean, it could it could go back pretty far now where people are going to be paranoid and looking for these things. But this makes my point. No one is talking about that. Yeah, Dan, you found some in your socks in your sock drawer. You should definitely tell people about that. You know, this makes my point. Or it makes the point of those of us 
who know this is not none of this is a big deal. They all have these. They all have these things. Going back to go, go you go back decades, maybe even centuries. I'm sure presidents and vice presidents and senators have classified documents that they took with them, either on purpose or mistakenly, after they left office. This has been going on forever. But it was never a big deal until Donald Trump did it. That is the point I have been making. And this Pence thing proves it. I wouldn't be surprised if more people come up with documents that they found. They all do this. Most of these documents are like fucking stale bread. They don't matter anymore anyway. You could just throw them out or keep them or do whatever the fuck you want with them. But the fact of the matter is they all do this. And it's not just Biden. It's not just Pence. It's not just Trump. It's Obama. It's Bill Clinton. It's Al Gore. I'm sure it's all of them. Yes, Dan Quayle, Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Spiro Agnew, everyone. And they all know they've all done this. This is the stupid little, this is like the stupid little game they're playing. They all know they've all done this. And yet the problem is that Democrats made a big deal out of Donald Trump doing it as though no one had ever done this before. This is unheard of. And Joe Biden, the sociopathic liar who knew he had documents, don't believe this bullshit. He didn't know he had documents in 27 different fucking locations. Don't believe that nonsense. Joe Biden, the the half century old liar, goes on TV in August and says, this is incredible. I can't. It's just uh, it's astonishing what he's done. Well, he knows they've all done it. Okay, he was in politics for half a century. He knows they all do it. Yet they had to make it they had to make it look like, oh my God, Donald Trump, no one's ever done this before. What a crook. Put him in jail for life. So the Democrats started this precedent now. The Democrats created the precedent. Hey, Democrats creating another stupid precedent. Well, what do you know? What a shock. The left has created another dumbass, shitball, stupid, idiotic precedent by going after Trump. So now they got to deal with their own side doing it. They got to deal with their own side being caught with documents. Because they've always all had documents. They've always all had documents. So you either throw them all in jail or you put none of them in jail. But the fact of the matter is, before Trump did it, it was never a big deal. But the Trump derangement syndrome that the legacy media and the left just can't shake, the absolute psychological illness known as TDS, caused them to make a big deal of this because they couldn't get Trump on the 85 million other things they thought they could get him on over the last decade. So they said, oh, my God, Trump has documents. Oh, let's go after him. Yes, everyone else has done it, but we'll make a point of it now. We never made a point of it before, but we'll make a point of it now. Technically illegal, put him in jail. And then Biden's got him in 20 places, and Pence has got him, and Obama's got him, and uh, the estate of Ronald Reagan's going to find them. Because it was never a big deal until the Democrats made a big deal. Because they can't shake Trump derangement syndrome. They can't shake it. Whether he's in office, out of office, doesn't matter. They can't shake it. And it's such a bad disease that they knew 
that their side would be what they they knew everyone did this. They knew Democrats and Republicans since the beginning of time have had these documents at home after they've left office. And so they, they had to know that eventually maybe they didn't think it was going to be Joe Biden a few months later, but they had to know eventually some a Democrat was going to be caught with documents. But the disease is so bad, it doesn't matter. The, the disease is so bad. It's like smoking, alcoholism. The, 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 the habit is so bad. The disease is so bad. They, they can't see the future. They can't see how they can't see how this is going to affect their future. They, you don't care. It's like a gambler, right? An addict. They don't care. They don't care about what's going to happen in the near or, or future, in the near or far future. They don't care. Short term, long term. No, the disease, the illness is all encompassing. In Trump derangement syndrome, the disease is so encompassing that the Democrats didn't really give it even a thought that one of theirs would be caught with documents. Didn't come to mind. And now look where we are. Look at where we are. Everyone is finding documents everywhere because everyone has always had documents everywhere. But until Joe Biden and the Democrats and his Justice Department run by that fucking moron who, thank goodness, never became a Supreme Court justice, made a big deal over it. Merrick Garland. And Garland, of course, is a scumbag. He's been around forever. He knows politicians have always done this. He knows senators, presidents, vice presidents have always taken these documents home, whether they should or not, whether it matters or not, whether the documents even matter anymore or not. He knows that. He knows that. But he's got an old chip on his shoulder against Republicans, too, right? Because what they did to him when it comes to Supreme Court nomination, the one and only good thing Mitch McConnell has ever done. It might be others, but that's the one that stands out. And so his cheap political grudge combined with Trump derangement syndrome made him do this thing of the raid, which has caused all this mishigas, which doesn't have to be there. It doesn't have to be there. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Guaranteed, none of this matters. Other than the fact that Joe Biden's documents that he kept, that he knowingly kept in so many different places, it's it's almost as though it's almost as though Biden. It seems as though with like Pence, at least so far with with Trump, it was all in like one area, right? But it seems as though Joe Biden put him in so many different places, hoping that you know. Maybe people would only find them in one place and not the other. So if they found they found them in two places, this will be a third place. Who knows what's in these things? That's what we know. Why don't we know what's in these things? Whoever it may be, why don't we know what's? Why don't we know what the documents are? Now the reason why they didn't release, they've had Trump's documents for six months now. The reason why they haven't released that is because it's probably nothing. Believe me, if it was something, they'd release it. But we don't know what these Biden documents are. That is the more important thing. Is it nonsense? If it's nonsense, burn them. Who gives a shit? Shred them. But is, you know, right. Is it someone said if it's, it's like, you know, a, a calendar with a meeting with a foreign president to have steak dinner. Who cares? But is it something to do with the big guy? Something to do with kickbacks? Something to do with Hunter Biden's business? Something to do with Ukraine? That's a different story. What are the documents? And why don't we know yet? If they're only if they say they found 20 or 30 to altogether from Biden, Overnight, we should know what the documents are. What are they? It doesn't take too long to go through 30 documents. What are they? Uh, they don't want us to know for some reason.
But the whole idea in general of a president or a vice president or even a senator of having these things is not rare. It's not odd. It's also not odd, as you'd see, that they keep them for years and years and years, let alone Trump who only had them for 18 months. But the Democrats had to make an issue of it. They just had to. And now it's come back to bite them in the ass very quickly. It came back very quickly. Probably quick. Once again, they didn't even think about the consequences. They didn't even quick think about the hypocrisy. They just wanted to get Trump. And of course, once again, they have it. Now they really can't because now with everyone, they have to throw Pence along with Trump and Biden in prison. So forget that. Now they can't do anything to Trump. They're such morons. They really are. They really are. They really are. They are. You know, so Nancy Pelosi starts this this precedent. Talk about precedents. She started a lot of precedents, one being where it was much tougher to get rid of the Speaker of the House because she loved her power. And she certainly didn't want like the AOCs or the that wing throwing her out. So they made it she made it more difficult to to remove the Speaker of the House. And so the Republicans changed that and put it back to the way it was before she fucked around with it. And then she made this rule where the you know, which when the Democrats won the won the House, the Republicans couldn't seat anybody on the committees and she had the control over that. And so McCarthy tried to reverse that and allow Hakeem Jeffries to, you know, nominate people and put them on and of course he nominates the two guys because he's a spiteful bastard the swalwell and the schiff shifty schiff and eric uh you know swalwell on uh, back on the intelligence committee when schiff of course lied we know he lied and we saw in the twitter files how he lied and tried to get uh journalists silenced because the russia 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 crap which was all nut which was all bullshit so of course he shouldn't be on the intelligence committee we know he's corrupt and swalwell who allowed a chinese prostitute or whatever the hell she was a chinese uh, spy sleep with him um not knowing she's a chinese spy he doesn't belong anywhere near the, the intelligence committee and of course he's so dumb he doesn't belong anywhere near an intelligence committee so mccarthy got rid of those two because they're not qualified to be on the intelligence committee one's dumb who allowed a chinese spy to get in bed with him the other one was seven years of russia 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 and we know he tried to silence journalists on twitter he's corrupt he's you know he uh hates the constitution hates the first amendment you go to jail so they got rid of him he got rid of them and hakeem jeffries because mccarthy was a nice guy and unlike pelosi said go ahead you put people on who you want he decided oh i'll do swalwell and uh yeah i'll do the one to i'll do the two you knocked off just to be a spiteful bastard and so mccarthy's going to try to block it now which he should but that's the amazing thing yeah fing fang fang fing fang fang is that a name fang fang Fang, Fang Fang, right, Fang Fang. So, <laughs> um, hey, she was pretty good looking, you know, at least she's got some taste that way, but obviously no intelligence. Um, and so this is the thing, this is the, this is the funny thing. And then Schiff, who, once again, Schiff, it, it's a different situation than Newsom, but his eyes are so fucking creepy. Once again, you look at, you look at his eyes and you think, holy shit, how can anyone trust this guy with those, 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 they they have he has like these incredible uh, there's creepy eyes i call it creepy eyes and he's obviously full of shit he spews nonsense and his own conspiracy theories everything every conspiracy theory you can imagine involving trump he spewed for years and years and years though it was fact none of it proven all of it disproven in fact 
actually has the balls to come out and say Kevin McCarthy kicked him and Swallow off because of political payback. Well, the fact of the matter is when elections have consequences, right? Elections have consequences. And so this is the way it goes. It's like, you know, Republicans get to put who they want on and take who they want off when they're in control, just like Pelosi did. And unlike Pelosi, McCarthy was actually a nice guy and gave Hakeem Jeffries more power. Of course, this proves you should never do that. I don't know why McCarthy did that. Why give them any satisfaction? Why give them stuff they didn't give Republicans? Why be weak like that? I don't agree with it. And look what happens when you try to be Mr. Nice Guy. It gets pushed right back into your face. But Swalwell and, and Schiff are two worst possible people to put on an intelligence committee. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They don't belong anywhere near it. But this is the game the Democrats play. This is the game that they do something and then they claim you've done it 10 times worse than them when they're the ones who started the precedent. They're the ones that did it. Pelosi's the one who made it tougher to get rid of the Speaker of the House because she loves power. Pelosi is the one who coerced people and threatened people so they didn't need to be more than one vote, one round of voting. Pelosi is the one who didn't let the Republicans uh, majority leader do anything when, they, when, they, when, they, when it comes to committees, when, when the Democrats took over. The Democrats are the one who made this big deal out of documents when they know it's been done since the beginning of time and their side does it also. They're such fucking hypocrites. They're such fucking hypocrites. I, I, I need to, I need to get, where do they do, what do they call that? Uh, a friend of mine was in the seminary and they, where they whip themselves in the back. What is that called? What is that called again? It's like a punishment. It's like you got to punish yourself because you're bad. Whatever it may be, whatever, whatever wacky Catholic thing they do with it, where they do that. They, I need to get those things where I can whip myself in the back. I need to whip myself in the back for being a Democrat. What's it called? Self-immolation? Is that what it's called? Self-immolation. Yes, I need to do that to myself simply for ever being a Democrat. I, I need to. I, need, I, 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 I don't think I punish myself enough. For being a Democrat, I, I, I need I need more punishment. I, I need that. I deserve it. How how could I have ever been part of that party? And for so many goddamn years, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think I'm needing my own therapist here to tell me why I did that. Why did I do that? I believe they were the party of the people. I believe they were the party that was against big pharma. That there was against the healthcare. Look at look at look at this. Please tell me they left me. Please tell me they were all that at one point. And I wasn't just fooling myself into believing that. Because now you have Joe Biden. We talked about Zanes, right? The guy's going to be the next chief of staff. Do you know this guy made 30, something like $30 million in 2000, in 2000, 2001. He made more money in the COVID years in one year than he made in any of the year in his life. That was his most profitable year. And that's because he has been in bed with Big Pharma his whole life. Even the left is talking about this. Even the left. <laughs> I can't believe I have to say that. Of course the left should be talking about this. It's, it's, a, it's a shame that it's a shock that they're finally talking about this, that he's been in the, in the pockets of big pharma and the healthcare industry his entire life, and he's made a, a two $300 million from it. And this guy was totally wrong 
every fucking moment being the COVID czar. He was never right. He's been, he was wrong the whole time. So he was wrong about every single thing regarding his job and COVID, and he gets a promotion for it. Remember, this is the guy of Jeff Zaints is the guy who came up with it's a it's a um, pandemic of the unvaccinated. He came up with that, by the way. Joe Biden doesn't come up with anything original. The only thing he can come up with original is like corn pop and and uh, hairs on his leg looking like roaches. That's the only thing he can come up with stuff that people say when they're in a nursing home and drooling. That's the only thing he can come up with. So the, the, the virus, the, the, the pandemic, the unvaccinated is Jeff Zaints, by the way. Zaints is the pandemic, the unvaccinated. Zaints is we have to vaccinate the world to stop the spread of COVID, to stop the spread of COVID. That's him. He was wrong about everything. He's Mr. Lockdown. He's Mr. Mask. He's Mr. Vaccine. He's Mr. Booster. He's Mr. Money. He's Mr. Big Pharma, healthcare industry money. And this is the guy, the Democrats. So once again, I always thought that was the Republicans who liked those kinds of people. I always thought it was Republicans who, who elevated those people. I thought it was the Democrats who always would go after them and expose them. Now it's the opposite. It's actually the opposite now. And I've talked about this many times about how the progressives were supposedly the ones who were against big pharma and big pharma greed. And yet not once over the last three years, they pointed out big pharma greed when it comes to the vaccine. Yeah. Bernie's always given lip service to drug prices, drug price. It's the same fucking beat over and over again, the same broken record over and over again, it's the same broken record over and over again, big drug, drug prices. Drug. And he fools people into believing he's anti big pharma because drug prices, drug prices, drug prices, drug prices. Never once did he say vaccine jab, vaccine jab, vaccine jab. Never once. And the money they've made on these vaccines and jabs and on this annual vaccine is going to be more than they can make on any of their fucking drugs. It's, part, it's, a, it's also a drug, Bernie. The vaccine's a drug. So it's this hypocrisy. I do want to believe that they changed. Or it could be a combination of both. I think most people would say, Mike, they've, they've changed a little bit, but you've also grown. I, I, okay, good. I can accept that. But to think I was so involved in this, I don't mean to make this to be a self-therapy session, but to think I was so involved in this to the point of, you know, I was just thinking today that in 2008, I was uh, in Toronto, 2008, election night, 2008, and I was there for Obama's election when he beat McCain. And it was, I was joy. I was joyous. I, I, I was, I was joyous. Joyous. And then 2012, I was in New York City for his re-election when he beat Romney. And I was joyous. We danced. We sang. And then I joined the Bernie campaign in 2015. And then I joined the Bernie campaign again in, 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 20, in 2020, 2016 and 2020. But should I say thank goodness for COVID? I can't. I don't think I say thank goodness for COVID. But, and then everything changed. And then everything changed. Well, Bernie certainly, I think give Bernie a little bit of credit. He opened my eyes to the Democratic establishment. But then, of course, he's just an establishment tool in the end. But he still opened the eyes to the Democratic establishment, even though he might not have wanted to do that. It was about hurting people back into the party. Who knows? But there was that. So that was like the first 
bit of change. And then, of course, the, the bullshit hypocrisy of the progressives and the incredible, the just incredible incompetence of Biden that, I guess, pushed things over the top. But uh, it's it just it just it seems like they they never want to. They never want to. Do actual things that can actually help people. And we can go to the black community, right? The way they, they, they've used the black and brown community to get votes, but they've never done anything to help them. They just, they harm them. They've, things have gotten worse. Things have gotten worse. Don't they see this? They elect Democrats and crime gets worse. Mass shootings get worse. They elect Democrats and the economy gets worse. They elect Democrats and more people go into poverty. They elect Democrats and more of the wealthy people get wealthier. Don't they, don't they see that? Don't, don't they get that? Don't they see that? That's like the reality of the situation. That's the reality of the situation. But the cult is strong. The cult is strong. It really is. There are a few people who have the ability, I guess I'm one of them, to... And it works on both sides. Like, let's say the Republicans, let's say they get a, a streak of doing a lot of crap and people leave the Republican Party and become independent of Democrats. But it's a very small percentage of people that can do that. And the same thing that's happening now with Democrats. There's a percentage of people who have left. It's been somewhat considerable, but not big enough, who have left the Democratic Party and become independents of Republicans because their party has gone out of control. But it's such a small percentage of people on both sides who can do that, who can who don't who don't have who can break free of the cult or never actually really part of the cult mentality the rest just follow their party into the abyss they just follow their party into the abyss and i know we've heard it from both sides i've heard republicans in the past saying how could i ever be a republican they've done this that and the other thing now i'm going to change but it's like it's it's so small it's just a small percentage of people who can break break free of that two-party cult in other words it's even more than it's even worse than my my cult is good it's your cult is awful right isn't that what it is really it's like i can never leave the democratic party because the republicans are so bad and republic i can't believe because the democrats are, it's always like the other party is so bad and that's what you hear from a lot of people right it's like oh well the democrats are yeah they kind of suck but the republicans oh never or yeah the republicans are in the democrats never it's, a, it's, it's it's so stupid. It's so stupid that more people can't be enlightened like I am and take in facts and take in evidence and say, no, we shouldn't go in that direction anymore. No, that's not the way to go. No, we have to send a message, right? Send a message so things change. But things will never change when you have zombies who just follow the cult, no matter where, you know, the lemmings over the cliff, no matter where it goes, they're going. Not necessarily because their people are doing the right thing, but because the others are so bad. And what we've seen over the last six or seven years with Trump derangement syndrome is that whole idea magnified to, oh, no, never the party of Trump. I can never be part of the party of Trump, even though there's so many Republicans who don't care for Trump, which you're seeing now, which you'll see in the primaries when he loses. But it's 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 just insane. It's just insane how this Trump thing has really destroyed so many people's abilities to have critical thinking. And that they'll actually say, yes, my party commits murder, but Trump. 
Yes, my party is shit, but Trump. <laughs> yes, my party's driving people into poverty, but Trump. Yes, my party is, is the party of crime, but Trump. And believe me, I have a good friend who is a but Trump and you I can't get through to him. It's impossible. It's almost like having, like I said, a friend who's like a, a real bad drug addict or alcoholic. And you you try to get through and you try to get through and you find yourself being very angry and yelling at them. And you're like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And that's what happened during COVID for a lot of us during the last few years. And this whole but Trump thing is you try to get through to people and you say, you know what? There's more than just Trump. There's more than just, no, they can't. They can't, they can't, they can't, they can't. And I, I, I don't even know what the guy has that makes people like that. I try to, I try to think, okay, he's, yeah, okay, he's kind of blustery, okay, but there are a lot of blustery people. Yeah, 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 he's kind of belligerent, sometimes, but there are a lot of belligerent people out there. Yeah, he's overly confident, but there's a lot of those. Yeah, he doesn't admit he's wrong, but everyone, no one does. So I, I never understand exactly what he has, that he has this incredible hold on Democrats, on their, on their, on their beings. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand it because just like I can't understand the addict, right? I can't understand it. I can empathize. I can try to figure it out, but I can't really get into their heads on what this addiction is to Donald Trump. I don't get on either side. I can understand a little bit more on the right. I can. Anti-establishment. They're tired of the, of the you know, the, the, the regular lifetime politician, an outsider. Same thing with Bernie with the left. I, I can get that part. He's very blunt. He puts it back in their faces. He doesn't take any shit. He doubles down. He punches back. Yeah, okay. But so does Ron DeSantis. So do a lot of people I respect. But I don't. I, it's 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 not so easy to figure out the the um, the incredible emotional and psychological hold that Donald Trump has on people. Whether it's Trump derangement syndrome of the left kind or Trump derangement of the right kind, I I don't. It, it's it's very tough for me to, to to figure that out. It's very tough for me to figure that out. I don't get it. I I don't, I don't understand it. Love, hate, love, hate, right? Love, hate, love, hate. Absolutely love, absolutely love, can't do anything wrong. Absolutely hate, can't do anything right. It's crazy. And of course, the, 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 the actual real, the actual real truth is in the middle, right? The actual real truth is in the middle. He's got his positives and his negatives, right? And we've talked about those many times, the, the Operation Warp Speed disaster, the Fauci disaster, and that all comes from being so self-confident, right? Of and and not being able to take any criticism, and even now, now, not even admitting that he shouldn't have put. He, you, you've never heard Trump say, I, "I shouldn't have put Fauci front and center." He never says that. He never says that. And of course, he's pushing the vaccine as though it's been safe and effective, because it's his thing, and he can never say it wasn't his thing. He can never say he was wrong. He can never say he can't. You know, he can't admit to it. So it's. But then, of course, we know the economy is in much better shape and the employment was, you know, 1% inflation to 8, $2 gasoline to 5. We know the differences. We know the the incredible, ridiculous spending on the Joe Biden, getting us into more debt so our future generations will have to pay for it. We know all that. We know the, we know the good things that Trump did, especially 
economically. You know, we, we know his negatives of, of, of being very confrontational and belligerent and that kind of stuff can be dropped. There's no need to be that way. You can be effective leader without being that way. Look at Ron DeSantis. So it, it, it's like uh, there's those, the, the, uh, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but the, those of us who can look at the positives and negatives, right? Because we don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I don't love him. I don't hate him. I don't find the need to love him. I don't find the need to despise him. So I can I can be more I can be more thoughtful, bring in more common sense, uncommon sense as we say on this show, more critical thinking ability, work it out in my mind, as positive as negatives. Do I want to be president again? Absolutely not. But that's you know once again I can I can do that. Some of us can do that. Most of us can. Most people in this country can't do that. You go into a red area in this country, a deep red area, and most of them will love Donald Trump. You can't say anything negative about him. You go into a deep blue area like I live in San Francisco and God forbid you should even say that there's one out of 80 million things that are good about the guy and they'll hate you. You see, that's a sickness. That's not a normal thing because there's no other person like that. Even Obama, even Obama in a red state, you could say, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. But or even like, say, Bush W or Reagan here in San Francisco. You could say something positive. No, go okay. I don't really like the guy, but okay, that's fine. But no, no, not Trump. Not Trump. the. Pol- I guess the word is polarizing, right? Polarization. But I think it's a mental illness. I don't think it's a normal thing because it's like something we've never seen before. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a mental illness. It's, it's a distortion. It's a distortion of reality. People distort realities on both sides with this guy, and this is an issue. Why am I talking about this? I have no fucking clue. No, I am because we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to get into the primary season soon. People don't, all this stuff going on, people don't realize within two to three months, we're going to be well into this. You know, by what, April, May, June, the latest? We're going to have all the candidates, and Trump is going to be one of them, obviously. So it's, this is something we're going to have to talk about. We're going to have to talk about this, and I want to be able to talk about this rationally. I don't want people on the left calling in and saying, oh, you're a Trumper. I don't want people on the right calling in and saying, oh, Mike, you're establishment tools. We're going to get a lot of that shit, and I'm not going to take it. I'm telling you right now. If you say anything positive about Trump, you're not a white supremacist, nationalist, nut job, uh, conspiracy theorist. If there's anything negative about him, you're not like a a pro-establishment deep state tool. I'm not going to deal with psychosis i'm not gonna deal with psychosis over the next year on this show we're gonna be able to go through this rationally we're gonna look at trump and look at the other nominees who will probably be pence pompeo and desantis and nikki haley (laughs) and we're gonna go through it rationally and talk about things in a rational sense good debate good honest debate without any kind of psychological issues around this stuff where you label people one way or the other for things because you love or hate this guy so much. And who knows what's going to happen on the Democratic side, right? I mean, my, my, look, my prediction stands still. I'm going to keep on saying it because I'm, I want to be able to say I was right and go back and have the receipts. When all is said and done, even though I hate that, slow, that saying, when all is said and done, in the end of the day, at the end of the day, which is even worse, Trump and Biden will not be the nominees for each party. Trump will not be the nominee for the Republicans, and Biden will not be the nominee for the Democrats. 
So who will? My prediction is, my prediction, early prediction, is Newsom and DeSantis. Newsom and DeSantis. That's my early prediction. I'm trying to read some of your comments. There's too much, too much going on there. Too much, too much going on. Uh, but that's that's my prediction. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. There's, there's a long way to go with this, and you know, uh, I just you know, I think that's I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the end of it. I think that's going to be the end. It's going to be Newsom and and DeSantis. That's my my, my prediction. But we know a lot of things can happen. There are always this, like, you know, there's always the wild cards that you don't hear of, right? I mean, back in 08, 07, who, no one would, Obama, who's Barack Obama? Barack Obama's, who's that? You know, it happens sometimes. It's not common, but it happens. Trump, no one thought Trump had a real chance. That was a joke, right? That was a joke. It was going to be a, it was going to be a joke. It was going to be a reality show. He was going to spin it into a reality show. That, that's what he was going to do. And uh, that surprised everybody also. So we'll see where it goes. We'll see how this goes. But it's going to start soon. It's going to start real soon. And it's going to take over. When this starts, it's going to take over the rest of the year. Once this, the spring comes, you know it's going to take over. Because I heard the first debate is August. Is that right? Did anyone else hear that? The first debate is like August or September. So it's... This is going to start really soon, and it's going to keep going and going and going. It's going to keep going and going and going. And we don't want, the thing I don't want is is just like months and months of, I don't want to hear anything positive about Trump. I don't want to hear anything negative about Trump. And labeling people, not just me, but callers, whoever it may be, comes on this show talking about either either way being labeled one way or the other because of some mass psychosis that he has over people, this incredible, ridiculous hold he has over people. So I, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, uh, it's to the point where people need to just be more rational about these things, right? People need to be more rational about these things. And hopefully that'll happen. Hopefully that will, hopefully that'll happen. Maybe the debates will help. Maybe the debates will help. But I I see Trump losing a lot of support among Republicans. I really do. I see more and more people, you know, and the the criticism is very easy that we need to go in a a new direction, that he's old. Biden's old, not just old age-wise, but in the past. Biden's in the past. Trump's in the past. We need to move forward, right? There needs to be a new, need to be a new candidate. There needs to be something new, new blood. So I think that might be the the eventual. Uh, I think that might be the eventual uh, criticism that really works with with most people. That the last thing we need is more of this Trump derangement syndrome. The last thing we need is for <laughs> the last thing we need is four more years of Trump derangement syndrome. That's we, just for the mental health of people in general on both sides. It may be good to get past that. It may be good to finally, I know for some people, they'll never be past it. 
It'll be forever. Even when the man is gone, it'll keep going. I get it. I get it. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <sighs> All right. So uh, we're saying if there's something else I wanted to get to. No, there's the Penn stuff. There's Newsom. There's Hochul. Uh, once again, I do want to remind people that on Thursday, this is very, very important. On Thursday, Thursday night show, it'll be my 300th show. So 300th show, that that's big. And also I'm going to have on Jackie Berlin, Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths. And she's going to talk about the fentanyl crisis and her son, who's an addict, and putting up a new billboard. I think the new billboard has something to do with her son on there, and she's appealing to Biden to help her son the way he helped Hunter get past his addiction, right? The way Joe Biden put all of his resources into getting Hunter cured, that she wants that for her son, other other addicts and fentanyl addicts. So I think he, she put up a billboard here um, about this. And they put up a billboard last year um, that had to do with alerting people in San Francisco tourists of how bad the fentanyl issue is here, how bad the fentanyl crisis is here in San Francisco. So Jackie Berlin, Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths, will be on this show Thursday night, and uh, she's willing to take calls. I expect everyone to be on their best behavior here, okay? Not that I have to say that, but I guess I had to say it. But she's willing to take calls. I mean, you know, often with guests, the, 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 the real thing to do with guests is not to take calls, right? Because you want to give that person as much time as possible and when you invite, it's like inviting someone, I'm old school coming from talk radio. When you invite someone into your home, you don't want other people berating them, right? You don't want people to berate them in your home. That's not what you do. And sometimes that can happen with call and stuff, right? People, I don't mind you berate me, but I don't want people berating my my guests. That's just not proper protocol. It's, it's just not good manners. But she's willing to take calls. She's willing to take any kind of calls regarding the fentanyl, fentanyl crisis, whether you think it's a crisis, you don't think it's a crisis, as long as it doesn't get personal and nasty, that's fine. So she'll be on on Thursday night. And she was on Fox yesterday, by the way. She was on uh, Fox and Friends first with Todd Pyro talking about defense. So she's getting around. She's doing a, she's doing a good job of, of, of spreading the word. So that will be Thursday night, okay? 300th show, extravaganza with Jackie Berlin, Mothers Against Drug Addictions and Deaths. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap up tonight. I think that's going to be a wrap. Uh, this show airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. The name of the show is And Let's Be Heard. And once again, I'm Mike Chopley, reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.